1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hearts and Partick Thistle are charged by the Scottish FA for taking their SPFL dispute to court and the transfer window is officially open. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me tonight from home is Roger Hanna. And there's just 48 hours until the old firm kick off their pre-season preparations in earnest, Alison, and things are warming up nicely. Jermaine Defoe says he believes Rangers can win the Premiership title and progress in Europe. Scott Bain insists Celtic are used to coping with the noise and the pressure which comes with a championship chase. And just when you thought it was safe to go anywhere near Hamden, the SFA slap Hearts and Partick with charges which could cost them £500,000 each and see them booted out of Scottish football. Imagine what it's going to be like when the football actually kicks off, Alison. Well, you can give us a call tonight on 01419511025 or, of course, tweet us at Clyde SSB. Well, let's start with Hearts and Partick Thistle. They say it's incredulous the SFA has charged them for taking legal action against their relegations. Their case against the SPFL is due to be heard by an independent arbitration panel later this week. The SFA say by taking the case to court instead of arbitration first, the club breached the rules. Both clubs, Roger, already have requested for these disciplinary proceedings to be delayed. It's something we expected might happen. Yeah, well, I was actually looking back at a few back copies of my newspaper, The Scottish Sun, and we warned Dan Budge as far back as May the 30th, Alison, that if you go to the civil courts, in this case the Court of Session in Edinburgh, if you take the football authorities through the civil courts, you leave yourself open to this charge. Um, for premiership clubs, it can lead to termination or suspension of SFA membership and a fine of a million pounds. Um, Hearts are now designated a championship club. Partick Thistle designated a League One club. So the fines would only amount to a maximum of £500,000. But membership could be revoked. This is the big danger. Football authorities, and it's not just the SFA, FIFA, UEFA, all football authorities frown on clubs who want to seek recourse through civil courts. There are football rules that seek to dissuade clubs, shall we say, from taking cases mm. to civil court. And and this is the thread that was hanging over Hearts and Partick. They say today they're unhappy with what they describe as the oppressive time scale, time scale of this, but they can't be surprised that these notices of complaint have been levelled at them. Yeah, they have been asked to submit by the 20th of July um because of this charge but they of course have this arbitration panel this week so they say our focus must be squarely on that we have already requested the Scottish FA to review the timing to allow us to be properly prepared and represented that is the very least we should expect from this process Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the SFA respond to that um, the legal costs that Hearts and Partick Thistle have already incurred they've got big legal teams, you saw them in action in the court of session a couple of weeks ago I would have thought they would be in a reasonably good position to defend themselves against these notices of complaint, they can't be surprised as I say Alison, that the SFA have issued the notices of complaint, I wouldn't think it would take them so long to prepare those defences um, I'll be interested to see in the next couple of days whether the SFA agree to delay this to, to, to kick it further down mm -hmm. the road I think they'll want it 
resolved reasonably quickly. Yeah, the hearing date is scheduled for the 6th of August for this disciplinary hearing. Yeah, it is. And it's interesting, that's five days after the Premiership starts. Now, the whole crux of Hearts going to the Court of Session and Thistle going as well is to have their relegations reversed. Hearts want to be a Premiership team come August the 1st. Um, hence the pace of this arbitration panel. I believe it will start its deliberations early next week. Um, they want to start the season in the Premiership. Partick want to start the season in the Championship, albeit it wouldn't start to the 17th of October. And yet, all of these deliberations are still to go. I, I don't know how long an arbitration panel takes mm-hmm. to come to a decision. Um, could there be an appeal at the end of this arbitration panel or as uh, you know, hopefully that is the end of the road, and then come August the sixth, we could have Hart and Thistle facing the full wrath of the SFA at a Hamden hearing. Now, as you say, maximum punishments half a million pounds plus suspension or termination of membership. Would you think they would go as far as that, given everything that's happened? Absolutely no chance. Yeah, absolutely no chance. I think slap the, on the wrist. The tariff of punishments is set. Yeah, listen, the tariff of punishments is set so high in an attempt to discourage clubs from going to court. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many years since anyone, any club did take the SFA to court. I think Rangers took them to the court session and won um, seven or eight years ago in, in a case. Um, now Hearts and Thistle have done the same. Lord Clark at the court of session a couple of weeks ago decided um, the court of session in Edinburgh wasn't really the place for this case to be heard. He sent it back to arbitration. Um, I think this now works. The SPFL get to choose one of the people in the panel. Hearts and Thistle get to choose the other. And then those two people get to choose a third member of the arbitration panel. Mm. They listen to all the evidence provided by both sides. And the evidence will be crucial because Lord Clark did tell the SPFL to basically throw open the books to allow the arbitration panel to see everything about what's now been called the Dundee vote, back to this Good Friday vote that yeah. ultimately put Partick Thistle and Hearts and Stranraer down. So it'll be interesting when the evidence emerges from the arbitration panel, what happened, what you know, everyone's different views and takes on it. And it'll be fascinating to see whether Hearts and Partick have their day, whether they get the relegation reversed. I have, I have grave doubts about that or whether the arbitration panel awards them some degree of financial compensation to soften the major blow of going down a league. 01419511025 is the number, and Kenny is a Hearts fan in Airdrie. Hello, Kenny. Hello, how are you? Okay. Evening, Roger. Good evening, Kenny. I'm delighted you're on. I've just won a bet. <laughs> Did you say it was going to be first? I had a... I said you would be first on the phone. I had a conversation with one of my colleagues this afternoon. I said, Kennedy Jambo will be first on the phone tonight. Well, most of you are. Bet sensibly as well. <laughs> not, not enough to cover Hearts fines. <laughs> no, well, that'll, that'll be true. I'll just have a wee fiver or something then. Roger, we're talking <laughs> about uh, uh, two of Scotland's oldest clubs, Hearts and Partick. Breaking SPA, SFA rules. Did they not break their own rules when they actually didn't allow playoffs to happen for the pyramid system that they invented to encourage other teams to spend money? And then, no, obviously, it's uh, Mark Wilson involved, but breaking just as a team. So there was no relegation there, but it's all right to relegate the rest. Is, is there no sort of bit of a contradiction or 
It's just the whole thing's fast. I know what you mean. The day the long- this goes back to the the dual ruling bodies, if you like, Kenny, because um, the SFA have charged Hearts and Partick today, but the decision that's really at the at the crux of all this was decisions made by the SPFL. It was the SPFL's 42 clubs who voted, and it, it was that vote going back to Good Friday, I don't need to tell you about this, mm-hmm. that's really caused all this controversy. It was the fact that the clubs chose to end the season early, um, they didn't want to get down the route of null and voiding the season. Um, they had the opportunity to reconstruct, to avoid Hearts and Partick and Stranraer going down. It would also have helped the likes of Inverness Cali, the likes of Falkirk, the likes of Edinburgh City. It would certainly have helped Kelty Hearts and Brora Rangers who could have come into the league. But it's the SPFL clubs who took this course of action that has damaged Hearts and Partick and Stranraer as well. Let's not forget about them. And yet, because Hearts and Partick chose to go to the court, they're now in collision course with the SFA on one side and collision course with the SPFL on the other side. But, but well, um, do, you know, do you know something? The, the, could the SFA know of... And Bud said for day one, if you, mm. if you relegate us, we're going to court. True. So why why no absolutely correct yeah because the SFA know if I had a wee meeting and, and you know and we didn't need to know about it could they not have said if you do this this could happen you know because Anne said it for day one I think uh, she was aware that it could happen the, she knew the rules yeah she was definitely aware she was she was definitely aware because it was written in the media so I said at the top of the show yep. from the thirtieth of May I think it was it was included in the media that this was the rule. And if she pursued the legal action she was threatening, then she was likely to face this notice of complaint from the compliance officer. Well, you know, the way the Hearts fans have reacted to Hearts over the over the last few years, I think they'll gladly pay any fine that comes their way. But I just, I just feel the whole thing for a team when a world pandemic. You know, don't forget, there's been thousands and thousands of deaths with, with this pandemic, and our businesses yeah. lost. There's been people's lives, you know, the, the, the ripple effect of the whole scenario and in Scotland we're punishing people. It just doesn't seem right. It's a strange one. It's a strange one, Kenny, because traditionally in Scottish football we demonise the Hamden authorities, whether it's the SPFL, whether it's the SFA, whether it's Neil Doncaster or Ian Maxwell. But if you actually strip this back, there the were opportunities there to help Hearts, to help Partick Thistle, to help Stranraer. But the people who had those opportunities to help the clubs were their fellow clubs. It wasn't Ian Maxwell or Neil Doncaster who decreed, I want these clubs relegated. It was the clubs themselves who voted for this. And when they had the opportunity, a second opportunity, to help the clubs by reconstructing the leagues, by going 14, 10, 10, 10, they didn't want to do it. Again, they voted that they didn't want to do it. So actually, if I budge has a beef with anyone, and Jackie Lowe at Thistle as well, if she has a beef mm-hmm. with anyone, it really shouldn't be the SPFL or the SFA. It should be the chairman and the chief executives of their fellow clubs who voted against them. Thank you to Kenny and Airdrie for his call. Yeah, Roger, that's what we're saying. Anne Budge, Jackie Lowe knew that there could be a punishment by going to court, but obviously they decided that was the option that they wanted to take because they were so yeah. enraged at what has happened. 
Yeah, and they, they decided it was a risk worth taking, Alison. Of course yeah. they did. They believed by going to the court of session, they would get a hearing in the court of session. They would have the chance either to have the relegation reversed or, as we say, get some kind of financial compensation because it's a financial disaster for Hearts and for Partick Thistle going down those leagues. Hearts are one of the biggest players in the Premiership. Thistle are one of the biggest players in the Championship. And now they find themselves a league each below that. It's, you know, it's going to lead to major losses. It already has for the two clubs. Mm -hmm. So they felt going to the court of session was their best opportunity to reverse this. They knew the risks. They were willing to take the risks. And now, having not got their day in the court of session, having been sent back to this arbitration panel, um, the punishments have almost doubled down, if you like, with this charge from the SFA tonight. Derek Fleming on Twitter is asking, if Hearts and Thistle win and stop the relegation or the rewarded compensation, how can the SFA find them anything? Now, it's not about whether they are... They, they win this or they yeah. don't. It's the fact yeah, it's, that they went to court rather than it's, arbitration it's in the first place. It's two different things. Hearts and Party may well win in arbitration. Now, they may well have relegation reversed. I doubt it. They may well be awarded financial compensation. I think that's a distinct possibility, yeah. Alison. But if they win next week, they will have won at an arbitration panel. They won't have won at a court of say, you know, a civil court. Mm-hmm. Where this chance comes in is... They decided to go to the civil court in the first place. They could have requested an SFA arbitration panel to sort this out. They decided they didn't want to go down that route. They wanted to go down the civil court route, despite the fact that it was a a clear breach of, I think it's disciplinary rule 78 in the SFA Articles of Association, Alison. So even if they win at the arbitration panel they will still face this notice of complaint for going to a civil court. Yeah, it says no member or associated persons shall take a dispute which is referable to arbitration in terms of Article 99 to a court of law, except as expressly committed in the terms of Article 99. So basically, if you can go to arbitration, you should do that first. Yeah, and that's what all... Listen, all football associations encourage that. FIFA, UEFA, they all want football disputes sorted by sporting chambers, if you like. I think the ultimate chamber, the the Court of Arbitration for Sport, where Manchester City went through the week to appeal, successfully appeal, the two-year European ban that UEFA wanted to hit them with over the alleged breaches of FFP. So, you know, Hearts, Thistle could have sought um, a resolution via some of these sporting chambers that chose not to. They chose to go to the Court of Session, hence today's challenge. Barry in Coatbridge has given us a call tonight. Hello, Barry. Hello. Uh, what else? Uh, seeing or right, Roger. Uh, seeing uh, the FIFA's um, statutes, mm-hmm. it says here, uh, Section Eight in compliance with the FIFA statutes, participating clubs may not take disputes to an uh, to an ordinary court of law, but to the exclusive jurisdiction of FIFA. So we could have went to FIFA for this instead of going yeah, absolutely to the court. You know 100%. I mean? they, could have gone, they could have gone to FIFA, they could have gone to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, they could have gone to this SFA Arbitration Chamber. They, they chose not to. They chose to go to the Court of Session, um, despite the fact that, you know, Alison's reading out the SFA Articles of Association here, you're reading out the FIFA statutes. You know, it's pretty clear to me from both the SFA rules and FIFA rules that you can't do this. They chose to do it, now they're facing a potential penalty. 
it's their own fault, really, if that's the case then, because they could have done, could have went to the court arbitration and obviously got it sorted through that, but obviously they went through the civil courts, which um, is a dispute in football law, you know what I mean? So, no, it's their own fault. And listen, a lot of people will think that. I know there's, you know, there's a lot of um, reaction from Hearts and Thistle fans tonight, disappointed by the charge, disappointed by the timing of the charge mm-hmm. coming so close to the start of this arbitration panel. I, I'd be surprised that they were surprised that the charge came because it's been flagged up by many people that you go to the court, you leave yourself open to this. Thank you to Barry in Coatbridge for his call. Roger, it's not about taking sides. It's not saying the SFA are doing the right thing, the wrong thing. It's basically, that is the rules that they have laid out. Oh, Alison, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think everyone has sympathy for Hearts. Everyone has sympathy for Partick Thistle. They're in Mm -hmm. a unique situation. They've actually been relegated by their fellow clubs. The season the clubs decided couldn't be brought to its natural conclusion. They didn't want to null and void the season. They didn't want to reconstruct. So all that left them with is handing out titles to the four teams who, who were topping the four divisions when the season was brought to a premature close, promoting the teams from Championship, League One and League Two, and therefore having to relegate the teams who finished bottom of the Prem, the Championship and League One. It, it's... Something that's never been seen before in Scottish football. Everyone feels sorry for Hearts, for Partick, for Stranraer. I don't think anyone blames Anne Budge or Jackie Lowe for pursuing this as long as they can and fighting as hard as they can. The problem we've encountered today is that by taking the case down the road they took it, down to the civil courts, they are what looks to be in clear breach of the Mm -hmm. SFA Articles of Association and have landed a notice of complaint. Does the timing of the notice of complaint surprise you in terms of, yes, it is a matter of days before this arbitration panel or is it a case of, does the timing matter? Well, it's a strange one, Alison, because... um, I'm confused slightly. That you know, Hearts and Partick in a joint statement this evening have described the, the timing of it. It's oppressive to ask them to mm. respond so quickly from today. Now, this was flagged up at the end of May that this was likely to happen. And Budge said we will go to court, and it was quite clear in the rules that if you go to court, you'll be hit with this charge. So not only has she threatened to go to court, she's gone through with the threat. They've had their day in court. Lord Clark has ruled. He sent it back to the this arbitration panel to start the meeting next week so why today and not say two weeks ago or three weeks ago or four weeks ago when it was clear it was going to the quarter session um i find it rather strange i'm sure the sfa will have their reasons um i know they're working on a on a skeleton staff at the minute because of the covid19 and the social distancing and staff there being on furlough maybe this was as quick as they could put together the challenge I, i genuinely don't know um, I thought it may have come earlier than it did and I can understand why Hearts and Partick are slightly or more than slightly annoyed that the timing has come so close to the arbitration panel meeting. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
Roger Hanna here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard through until 7 o'clock tonight as Hearts and Partick Thistle are charged by the SFA for taking their SPFL dispute to court. Let's go straight back onto line. Scott in Paisley's given us a call on 0141 951 1025. Hello, Scott. Hi, Scott. Hello, Scott. Hi. I'll let you say Hi there. Hello. Hi there. Uh, how are you? Okay? Good, thank you. Uh, Roger, you said it's the 42 clubs. It's their at fault for this. Is that correct? I didn't really say they're at fault. I was saying if Ann Budge has got a beef with anyone, it should be the clubs because it was the clubs who voted initially to bring the season to a premature halt, which laid hearts bottom of the league. They then yeah. had an opportunity to reconstruct and save the clubs from relegation, and again, they chose not to. So, you know, Ann Budge and Jackie Lowe seem to be, you know, railing against the SPFL, but, you know, the people they should be taking issue with are their fellow chairman and chief execs. No, no, no. They've got the beef as with the SPFL. They're the ones that rushed through the vote for some reason. They rushed the clubs to have a vote. I'm not giving them enough time. Well, was it 48 hours they had? I think, yeah, I, I think they had about five days. They now, didn't get any information. Yeah, they got, listen, they got information. They may not have got as much information as they wanted, but in that vote, Plain devil's advocate here, 81% of the clubs voted to end the season prematurely. Not 51%, 81%. Now, in the aftermath of that Good Friday vote, there was a there was a subcommittee set up and Budge jointly chaired it with Les Gray to look at reconstruction because some of the clubs who yeah, weren't we happy with the vote, some of the clubs who were happy with the vote, still wanted to have a look at reconstruction. And again, on two separate occasions, when the clubs had the opportunity to reconstruct, to go to a 14-team top flight, that would have kept Hearts up, it would have kept Thistle up, it would have kept Strunrar up, it would have brought Kelty and Brora up, there would have been no relegation at all, it would have even helped, as we said earlier on the show, it would have taken up Inverness, Falkirk, Edinburgh City, it would have helped their causes as well. The clubs themselves chose not to do it. Now, that's yeah, not down got, to Neil Doncaster, look, that's not down to Ian Blair. You've still got to look at the SPFL, though, for rushing this vote through. Not waiting, not waiting any time. It's just, uh, and... It's a strange one because when you have a, yeah. in company law, when you have a vote like that, you actually do have 28 days yeah. to vote. What the executive of the SPFL asked the clubs was, we're in a critical situation here, one we've never seen before. Although you've got 28 days to vote, could you please vote by 5pm on the Friday? And the clubs all chose to. I think Hearts, by coincidence, were slightly late with their vote. Um, one of the lower league teams was late with their vote as well. And, of course, Dundee were about four days late with the vote, um, if you believe everything you've been told. But, uh, technically, had the clubs not wanted to do that, they could have stretched that out for 28 days and not voted. So, again, it was a decision of the clubs to do that. OK. Can I ask you one, one question, Roger? Who officially came out and said null and void was... Mm, couldn't happen. Who officially came out and set that precedent? And who came out and said that officially? I don't, just, I don't know if anyone said it. I don't think any I don't think anything was off the table. Was I think um they everything was there. The, the first thing they looked at Who said the Sorry, narrative? That's say that again? Who said the narrative of 
no void the, can't happen. The narrative was narrative? probably set, set yeah, it was probably media. set by the SPFL board, but had had the clubs not wanted to do so, it was, it, it's quite clear in the rules that, you know, if they don't need to vote like that, they could have waited, they could have waited and tried to play the season out, there are games taking place every night down south, Premiership, Championship, there was playoffs in League 1 and League 2 in England, you're still seeing the end of the, the Spanish, the Italian season, the German season already come to a natural conclusion with the Cup and the League, so the clubs could have waited and tried to play it out, don't know when that would have finished, but they could have tried, they could have decided that they wanted to null and void. I think that was always an unlikely solution because it would have denied the clubs any prize money. You can't win a prize if there's no competition. So they didn't go down that route either. But if you're asking who set that initial narrative to end the season effectively as it was that day on Good Friday, it was the SPFL board, but the clubs did back it. Thank you to Scott for his call. David in Edinburgh is a Partick Thistle fan. Hello, David. Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really just phoning. Uh, my my twin brother was actually on last week. Uh, Ian uh, from Highland, uh, and he made an impassioned plea. I don't remember if you recall that. Uh, it just seems incredulous to me that uh, the SFA, having been told by the court session that they need to arbitrate uh, the decision that was made, um, that they're, they're, they're today pressing charges or trying to pro- progress charges against. Hearts and Patrick Thistle, uh, and I'd just like to get the panel's view on that. Uh, it just seems incredibly unfair, and I think we need to, you know, remember the fact that, you know, Thistle in particular were asked by the SPFL to postpone their game uh, in hand, and when the leagues were suspended, uh, they had a game in hand, and it just seems incredibly unfair. And I'm not even. Uh, it's just a sense of injustice uh, that I'd like the, to get the panel's views on. I'm not sure about incredibly unfair. I think it's incredibly ill-timed um, that they should issue these notices of complaint to the two clubs today, David, so close to the start of arbitration. Um, I think the clubs must have expected these charges to come. Um, it was well rehearsed at the time when Anne Budge first threatened legal action that any clubs who take a football authority to the civil courts is in breach of Rule 78 and will face a notice of complaint. So I think when Anne Budge and Jackie Lowe took the decision to pursue the case to the court of session, they, they did it with their eyes open. They would have known these charges were coming and they will have decided that taking the case to the civil court was worth the risk of a potential fine from the SFA. Now, the irony might be that the arbitration panel next week rules in favour of Hearts and Partick Thistle, maybe not to reverse the relegations, but certainly to award some variety of financial compensation to the clubs to soften the blow of going down. And, you know, you might get that handout one week, and then there's a fine coming from the SFA the following week. It's, it's a bizarre situation. It's an unprecedented situation. Everyone in the game has sympathy for Hearts, and Partick and Strunrar. They were denied the opportunity to get themselves out the relegation scrape that they had found themselves in. Um, they had a couple of chances. You know, the, the, the clubs could have voted to play on. The clubs could have voted to reconstruct. The clubs chose not to. And Hearts and Thistle and Strunrar were the very unfortunate victims 
of these decisions. Um, I'll be fascinated. Maybe we've never had these kind of arbitration panels before in Scottish football. I'll be fascinated to find out how they view what has happened from Good Friday until today. Um, but I do think the SFA notice a complaint today is more of a, more of an open and shut case. I would expect fines. But would you not have expected them to at least have waited until the arbitration process was concluded? Because the judge in the court of session said that he wanted it concluded quickly. So why have they jumped to making some pronouncement today? I think it's two separate issues, well, David. I, I, this is, you know, they yeah, don't go I, I hand I know the in point hand. David's making, yeah. Alison. Yeah. But as a veteran viewer of Scottish football and its disciplinary processes, David, um, Gordon Duncan will tell you, I must say this 10 to 15 to 20 times a season, nothing surprises me with the SFA disciplinary system, whether it's appeals against notices of complaint, appeals against red cards, whether it's refereeing decisions. It just has a long-running history of just when you think you've seen the most surprising one, another one comes along to shock you. Um, it would actually, it wouldn't have surprised me had the charge come earlier, had it come two or three weeks, maybe you know as soon as it was confirmed that the case was going to the court of session. I see no reason why the charge couldn't have been levelled against the clubs. Then you could have seen the sense of it two or three weeks down the line after the arbitration process had come to its conclusion. Um, but I, I think it is even for SFA standards, quite ill-timed to come tonight. I absolutely agree. I think it's an appalling, uh, appalling timing. Uh, I think it's devastating for Thistle uh, fans. Uh, and I, I, again, I think it just shows a complete lack of uh, respect for the, the, the role and the, the, the place that the club have uh, been in terms of uh, the, the Scottish football. Uh, and I, I think it's appalling. The, the Thistle, the Thistle one especially is a strange one, David, because you'll remember at the time that the second chance of reconstruction was snubbed by the clubs and Thistle was sent down to League One, there was a statement from the club saying, and, and it was, you know, it was painful reading, just saying, we don't think we should be going down, but we're going to go down with a bit of dignity. We're not going to go to court. Um, that would be an expensive process. Um, instead, what money we have left, we're going to give to Ian McCall, we're going to reinvest back into the football department at the club and try and come straight back up from the League One and right this wrong. Then a few days later, it emerged that what we think was described at the time as a mystery benefactor was going to fund this legal fight for Thistle. I don't think that mystery benefactor has ever been unveiled yet, but it'll be interesting to see whether the mystery benefactor, as well as paying Thistle's court costs at the court of session and Thistle's costs through the arbitration process, whether or not that mystery benefactor is willing to pick up the bill if there's a fine from the SFA for going to court in the first place. Yeah, I, I do remember when, when Hearts were going through their financial difficulties, uh, Thistle opening up the, the old stand and saying to the Hearts supporters on a Friday night, if you come through, we'll give you all the proceeds uh, from the ticket sales. And I think Thistle have, uh, have always been a club that supports every other football club through difficult times. I think it's a little bit unfortunate for me that the old firm are staying silent on all of this. And uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that actually in Glasgow, uh, Celtic and Rangers might have offered a bit more support to Patrick Thistle through this difficult period. Well, I, but I, I, again, I, I'm, listen, not I'm not too sure. 
I'm not too sure. Rangers have remained silent through all this. I mean, they, they called for the suspension of Neil Doncaster and Rod McKenzie off the back of the vote that sent down Hearts and Partick Thistle. So um, I would say Rangers have possibly been more vocal than any other club out with Hearts and Partick and Stranraer themselves. Um, Celtic have chose, chosen a different path. Um, I, I don't know whether Celtic silence has been, you know, because they were they were a club materially affected by these decisions. They were awarded the league title, you know, because of all this vote. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, they want to take a step back and, and not get involved. But I, I think the Angels have, have, have stood up. They've voiced their opinion, they've voiced their dissatisfaction at the role of the SPFL executive in this. I think they feel it's unfair that Hearts and Partick and Sunrar have gone down. And off the back of today's challenge, I'll be interested to see the reaction. Now, the reaction of my Hearts and Thistle is understandable. Um, I'll be interested to see what the reaction is from other clubs about this challenge. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard tonight until 7 o'clock Roger, a lot of chat about Hearts and Partick Thistle in the first couple of parts of the show but the transfer window officially opened today as well Clubs have until midnight on October the 5th to make new signings yeah, terrific news for the tabloid newspapers and radio stations, Alison. We can now speculate about incoming and outgoing transfers for six weeks longer than we normally do. Um, joking aside, I think it makes perfect sense. Um, we have a championship, League One and League Two season that won't kick off until, in league terms, October 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, Betfred Cup terms, October 6th. Um, down south, there's going to be a delayed start to next season's Premiership, Championship, League One, League Two, because they've played on this season, and then you know that, there's this month of Champions League, Europa League stuff. So it makes perfect sense as a one-off that the transfer window should be extended into the start of October. Um, it allows all the clubs to get a feel for their finances at a time when they've all been touched negatively by the COVID-19 crisis. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the transfer window shakes down. I can't imagine on the night of October 5, you will see Jim White in his yellow tie <laughs> announcing record levels of spending. I th- think this might be the, the lowest spend of modern times, simply because clubs don't have the money anymore, Alison. I suppose the difference with this one, though, as well, I suppose there's positives and negatives for, say, Premiership clubs. They start their season on the 1st of August. Now, obviously... You know, the transfer window does run till the, the end of that month normally, but you could be well into your season and lose your best player. Yeah, or you can be well into the season and find yourself not doing nearly as well as you thought you were going to be doing mm-hmm. and suddenly having to change the personnel that you believe were going to do good things for you during the course of the season. Um, More than two months into the Premiership season before the window closes, it does set a different dynamic. Um, not just at the top, where Celtic and Rangers again will be in a title fight, and perhaps will have longer to find the players they feel they need. But also down at the bottom, you know, traditionally there'll be three, four, five teams fighting for survival. If one of them finds themselves cut adrift, or if, like Hearts last season, there's a team down there you didn't really expect to be down there, 
It gives them a little bit longer just to tool up again, Alison, for the, for the fight for survival. How different will it be for, say, the Championship Clubs League 1, League 2? The transfer window will end before they kick a ball. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be strange for them as well. Um, I think the Championship, and, and we're speaking tonight as if Hearts are going to be in the Championship. We have mm. to suspect Hearts are going to be in the Championship. They will have a budget that will dwarf anyone else. You would expect Robbie Nielsen to repeat the trick of six years ago and bring Hearts straight back up. So it'll be interesting to see how the others spend their money. Dundee at the minute are in major cost-cutting mode. Inverness have lost a lot of players and cut costs as well. So do those clubs simply budget for trying to get into the top four and take their chances in a playoff and, and just basically write off their hopes of winning the title because Hearts are expected to run away with it. And as you say, we finally have a, a start date for the League Cup. It will be October the 6th, so some more fixtures to get to get crammed in there. Yeah, well, I think we're going to have a busy time covering football matches once once things get going again. Um, Betfred Cup now squeezed in a start date of October 6th. We know Championship League 1, League 2, October 17. An awful lot of international games. Scotland could have eight games between September, October, November. And we've still to find dates for two Scottish Cup semi-finals and a Scottish Cup final when Anne Budge can have a day at Hamden and maybe enjoy it. Do you realistically see the Scottish Cup being able to be completed before the end of this calendar year, given, as you talk um, about, all these fixtures? I'm not sure it could be. I don't necessarily know if that's a bad thing either. Um, you would like to think showpiece occasions. Now, an Edinburgh derby in a cup semi-final is a showpiece occasion. Celtic against Aberdeen in a semi-final is a showpiece occasion. The Scottish Cup final is our game's ultimate showpiece occasion. You would want those games to be watched by as many spectators as possible inside grounds. Mm -hmm. If these semi-finals don't take place to maybe January 2021, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for you know the spectacle of our game. There's been a lot of doom, gloom and despondency around Scottish football since the Good Friday vote, Alison. Um, I can't wait so we can get people running about on grass, or in some cases AstroTurf, mm -hmm. and put smiles on faces and rebuild the reputation of Scottish football. Absolutely. And a fixture switch today, which we expected. Rangers St Mirren moved to Sunday the 9th of August. Rangers, of course, have that Europa League match against Bayer Leverkusen on August 6th. Well, I actually didn't expect it because I thought the Rangers game was going to be the Wednesday. <laughs> Turns out it's uh, the, the Thursday evening in Germany. Um, it's a big ask. Um, turning around a 3-1 mm -hmm. deficit at home. I don't think Rangers have won 3-0 away against a team of, of you know that reputation since since they were last in Lyon, Alison. The Champions League, I think it was October 2007, they went to Lyon and won 3-0. It's going to take a performance of that magnitude to get them through. Um, it's going to be very difficult. I watched Leverkusen a few times when the Bundesliga kicked off again. It's a big, big ask. But as we've said before, Europe the Cups, they're not Rangers' priority going into this season. Winning the Championship is Rangers' priority going into this season. Let's go back onto the phones and Bob and Fife giving us a call. Hello, Bob. Hi there. Hello. Um, hi, Bob. Hi there. Just been uh, listening with interest in the debate about uh, what everyone thinks about the SFA and charging hearts, etc. And I've followed this um, reasonably closely through the whole thing. And I think if they continue, if the SFA and the SPFL continue the way they are, 
then they may as well start flying the flag of Scottish football at half-mast because they're absolutely killing the game. This decision to charge Hearts at this time is probably one of the most disrespectful decisions I've seen the Scottish football has made. The, the governing bodies are showing no empathy whatsoever for the position they put these clubs into. Hearts and Thistle did not create COVID. Neither did anybody else. But they are being singularly punished for it. And the decision, I, I disagree with the decision in the first place because no one should have been singled out for punishment. And I heard you say it earlier, it was the clubs that voted. And you're absolutely right. However, there was only one proposal ever put on the table and that was by Neil Doncaster's decision. And in that proposal, it was tied to if you don't vote this way, you're not getting your money. Well, the vast majority of clubs voting it wouldn't affect them one way or the other. You know, if the position the week was called or it wasn't, you're bound to eventually get it through. And that's what happened, although it was an absolute debacle. And they immediately congratulated the teams for winning the league and didn't even have the decency to commiserate the clubs going down. And they have shown nothing uh, through this whole process. The SFA have been silent through it until it comes to the chance to hammer somebody for non-compliance and it's an absolute joke and at the end of this with the dust finally settles if we still have a game left in this country we need a radical rethink of how we run this country as football because the people at the top of both these organizations have an absolute disgrace i don't know how they sleep at night well i tend to agree there was a real lack of empathy in that statement from the spfl when the three teams went down, um, so much so they were subsequently forced to apologise for the lack of empathy shown. Um, just along the corridor today at the SFA, as we said earlier on in the show, I think it's it's extremely ill-timed. I think we all expected the charge would come. Uh, as I said earlier on, if it had come three weeks ago, when it was clear that Hearts mm -hmm. had, had opened the case at the court of session, wouldn't it surprise me? If they had waited and delivered the charge once the whole arbitration panel process was finished, again, it wouldn't have surprised me. But um, I think it's ill-timed for it to come out today. Um, there is a lot of ill-will around about Scottish football. I think Craig Gordon touched upon it when he signed for Hearts, or he signed for Hearts a couple of weeks ago. He said the depth of the ill-will will be felt throughout our game for many, many years to come. And it will be felt in boardrooms up and down the country next season. Um, imagine what it's going to be like when Ann Budge goes to Dens Park for Dundee versus Hearts. Imagine what it's going to be like when Partick Thistle go to, and Jackie Lowe go to some of the clubs in League One who have voted to relegate Partick Thistle. Um, what it's going to be like when you know Dundee play Inverness next season. It's not going to be nice. Um, and I think there needs to be some variety of, of reconciliation started in Scottish football. How you do that, though, I have no idea. That was what I was just about to say. How do we work to bring back that, that feel-good factor across Scottish football? Because there is so much infighting at the moment. Yeah, there has been so much you know, infighting, as you say, rancour right through the summer months. Um, I can never remember, you know, club versus club to such an extent... And this is a summer that, for all the wrong reasons, Alison, we will be talking about for many, many years to come. That's about it for tonight. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow night with Jim Duffy. Barry Wilkins is up next.